theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. of the Lord and what we feel in this place today. My name is Akil Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor here at Extraordinary Church and we are delighted about what God is doing and we thrilled we are thrilled you are here. By faith we have a couple of declarations. I'm going to mention one of them today. I say it almost every day. When I drive on the 403 and I see the skyline of Mississauga and then I begin to think about the greater Toronto Hamilton area, I say God this belongs to you. Praise God. I declare it. Great joy in this region in Jesus' name. Praise God. A joy that the world did not give and cannot take away. There'll be peace. You know what? We have authority in this region. Praise God. Praise God. And we exercise that we believe by faith that we are the fastest growing church in all of Canada reaching the world. As I was driving down the 403 today, I said, you know what? This is a hub. And from this hub, we will send, we will reach, we will affect the world for the glory of God. We're so glad that you're with us, and I want to encourage you, open up your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Have a good time. Hopefully, you'll be blessed by this word that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. I want to encourage you. You can respond to the preaching, praise God. You can clap, you can stand, you can jump, you can run, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We want to thank you, Pastor Barry. We want you to celebrate. If something agrees with your spirit, it resonates, I want you to say amen in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You know, preaching is dynamic. It's dialogue. Praise God. I'm talking to you. Praise God. She like. (laughs) I want you to get with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're thankful for what the Lord is doing. Luke 17, 15. Luke 17, 15. Luke 17, 15. Let me get there myself. Real quick, we uh, this will be the last time I'm going to say this, but you have, if you haven't already received via email your tax statements, your contribution statements, do want you to know that you need to see Joyce. If you don't know who Joyce is, where are you at, Joyce? Wave your hands. Where's she? There's she. Okay, you see that right there? If you didn't get it via email, praise God, you need to see her. So that way, if you want to take care of those benefits that you receive pertaining to uh, giving to a charity, you want to see her, she'll get that to you right away. Luke 17, 15. Let's hit it. Praise God. I'm excited about what God is doing. And uh, here we go. And one of them. Oh, wait, I forgot my declaration. That threw me off. I had to write down, don't forget about the tax receipts. I forgot about my declaration. Y'all messing my flow up. Praise God. I was declaring, I was like, Lord, I was like, let me let, get that Bible up in the air. Praise God. Your Bible app, open that thing up on your phone. Praise God. This is my Bible. Oh, we're going to start over again. Praise God. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. 
I can be what it says I can be. I can have what it says I can have. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Okay, here we go. Luke 17, 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Anybody want to give him glory? And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. <laughs> they make note of that for a particular reason. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Praise God. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this thought to you this afternoon. The extraordinary little. The extraordinary little. Help me pray. Father, I release the gift of faith in this place. I'm so thankful for this amazing group of believers and people that are passionate about seeking you. I'm thankful for those who are here and maybe even unsure about what they believe and don't necessarily know you or have a relationship with you, but I'm just thankful for everybody that's here. I'm thankful that you know exactly where we are and your word will speak to us, God. I pray that you would anoint me with an anointing that helps me preach and teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. I pray that folks here that are hearing your word will be anointed online and in person. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks and praise. Clap your hands unto the Lord. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. The word Samaria means outlook and what I believe is that the Lord is going to use this word Samaria today to really help change your outlook this afternoon I was preaching at another church uh, in, in in Pickering today and I it felt different praise God I had to change because you know I put on my I, I was able to button my button right now just comfortably praise God man I, that that suit that I I had a suit that I wanted to wear Sarah was like uh that one a little too tight. I was like, yeah, I know. Praise God. I got this COVID thing is messing me up. I got to get back. Y'all notice I ain't said anything about running. Y'all probably glad. But the reason why I haven't said anything about running because I ain't been doing it. Praise God. Help me. This ice and this cold has been messing me up. But I got to get out here. I went to button my button. I said, oh, praise God. I got a little bit of room. Thank you, Jesus. Because that button I had, that suit I had today, I was like this. I was trying hard. I was trying hard. Thank you, Jesus. But I believe that the Lord is going to use this word, Samaria, to help change your outlook this afternoon. This afternoon, I just shared with you an account, a historical account of what took place with 10 lepers who lived along the border of Samaria and Galilee. They cried out to the Lord Jesus, and he told them to go show themselves to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. The message, the message uh, paraphrase of scripture says it like this. Your faith has healed and saved you. Praise God. I want you to know that it all starts with faith. You cannot please God without faith. And you are in a church that is filled with faith. We believe God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I want you to know God is able. And you have been given a measure of faith. 
Somebody say faith. Now, Samaria, remember Samaria means outlook. Somebody say outlook. Okay, so this region, Samaria, is located north of Jerusalem. Hills, valleys, plains, coastlines, it has it all. And for 400 years, Samaria was the home to the Ark of the Covenant it, as it rested in Shiloh. Shechem, Joseph's resting place, and many other significant places are actually located in Samaria. But for all of its beauty and splendor and the things that it's known for, people in Christ's day had little appreciation for Samaria. Samaritans were known for their little knowledge of Scripture. They worshipped at a mountain 35 miles north of Jerusalem called Gerizim. They there possessed a modified version of Scripture that stated that Mount Gerizim was where God was to be worshipped and not Mount Zion. Samaritans were known for their little commitment to God. When it suited them, they agreed that God was one. To this day, it's a cherished tradition amongst the few remaining Samaritans to say on their deathbed, the Lord our God is one God. By the way, there's only one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Praise God. I'm thankful for that. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, above all, through you all, and in you all. There's only one God. There's not one to his right, nobody to his left. John said, I looked, and there was one seated on the throne. His name is, praise God, and we give him praise. I felt good to preach about that. Praise God. I'm thankful to know the mighty God in Christ. For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was justified in the spirit. Preach amongst the Gentiles. I'm telling you, he is here, and we know who he is. Praise God. Jesus, Jesus. So these Samaritans were known for their wishy-washy faith, if you will. And if the prevailing winds and rumors of more than one God came about, then you know what? They would go in that direction. After all, Jezebel, if you are familiar with scripture, Jezebel set up her worship to many gods in Samaria. Samaritans were also known for their little history. They lived in a country once dominated by the proud Ephraimites, the half-tribe of uh, Joseph. Yet Hosea said that Ephraim had joined itself to idols. The place that once held the ark was now given over to high places for idolatry and sensual pleasures. The pride of Samaria was now taken into Assyrian and Babylonian captivity and replaced with people from else who brought into their own gods and their own worship and their own idols into their history. And the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. For them, the Samaritans were a cursed people. People who worship God, but in the wrong place. People who worship God, but only when it suited them. People who worship God and worshiped idols. Can I just kind of put this in here for my AC fam? You can't, you can't love God and love mammon. You got to choose you this day whom you're going to serve. I ain't talking about being perfect. I ain't talking, we don't, but I'm telling you right now, you need to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
And I'm not trying to throw the Samaritans under the bus because if we're going to keep it 100 according to the text, Scripture that is, the Jews had little love themselves for Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you read in John 8, 48, listen to what they said. Then the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? That's what they said to the Lord Jesus Christ. They meant it as an insult. I think he might have taken it as a compliment. After all, a Samaritan is a person with an outlook. Jesus Christ, the man from outlook, he's the one that can change your focus. And he does this through the power of extraordinary little things. In our text, ten were healed. Ten untouchables who were touched by heaven. Ten outcasts who were brought back in. Praise God. That night, ten people were reunited with their family. Ten people had walked through their hometowns cleansed. You see, you, you got to know that what they had to say. Alex knows this. That's why he was responding. When they were walking, they had to say, unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine walking through their hometown that night? I've been free healed. I've been free. Ten people had told the story of how priests had said, you are clean. I know they went and people are probably like, did you go see the priest? Oh, yeah, they gave me a clean bill of health. But only one-tenth a tithe returned to worship. Only a little percentage could say not I was healed, but he could say like the man, the one sick with the palsy, I am whole. I am saved. See, Jesus healed them all, but only to the little did he say, your faith has healed and saved you. Most of us are satisfied with the momentary. But there is an extraordinary little who will reach for more. So it is that a Samaritan reveals to us how to have a changed outlook on things. I believe I'm reaching for somebody today who is not satisfied with the status quo, who's not satisfied with the momentary, but understands that God is calling them to something deeper. God is stretching them for something greater. There is a purpose on your life, and you won't settle. You won't resign to something mediocre. You will pursue God with all that you have, and I want you to know that it's in the little. I know this might not resonate with a couple hundred people that are here, but I want you to know I might be preaching to 20 of you, but by faith I'm reaching all of you. I'm telling you, God wants to excavate something in your spirit that says, I'm going to go after the little. Don't ever underestimate the little. Don't just think a little bit more praise won't see you through. Don't think a little worship won't see you through. A little prayer won't see you through. Don't think a little hope and a little faith won't see you through. I want you to know that God is the God of the extraordinary in the little. And here, when you're talking about Samaria and an outlook, a change of outlook happens little by little. Notice that these 10 lepers in Samaria were healed as they went 
as they obeyed the Lord, as they did what he told them to do, their healing came. See, a lot of times we expect, this is what I could preach this and teach this. Clearly, there is an immediate, for those that are theologians, there is an immediate sanctification, but there also is a progressive sanctification. Which basically means what they did is this. Go show yourself to the priest. Notice he didn't lay hands on them. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they obeyed, let me help somebody right here too. Let me just help you. The key is to hear what God says and do it. Some of you right now, it ain't got nothing to do with the preaching. It ain't got anything to do with the worship. It ain't got anything. Ain't nobody against you. Getting tight. So I'm just going to look at all y'all and just bust up that tightness. It's that we're not obeying. So check this out. Here's what they do immediately. They go step by step. <laughs> I'm trying to encourage someone today. Step after step, the effects of the disease gave way to healing. I'm telling you, little by little, you know what? A little praise, <laughs> a little thanks, a little serving, a little forgiving, and before you know it, you're going to be healed. You're going to look back and say, look what the Lord has done. I'm telling you, you'll be unrecognizable to yourself. I want to encourage somebody. You might not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Pick them up and put them down. One foot in front of the other. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor and give him thanks. But go as he told you to go. And God will do a work in your life. If you believe it, give him praise. This is why. You know what? When the Israelites looked into the promised land, God promised them that little by little. The enemy will be driven from the land. This is the whole premise of what he told Joshua. Everywhere you place your. So in other words, you got to keep going. I'm going to preach my own self happy right now. This is not the time to give up. I'm telling you, God has given you a promised land, and you might not feel like you have it all in your possession, but you keep on walking. You keep walking around your job. You keep walking around your college campus. You keep walking around your community. You keep walking around your family. You keep taking territory little by little. Extraordinary things are going to happen because God is moving in the extraordinary little things. As the old proverb goes, a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Never underestimate the power of the extraordinary. Little first step of faith. The first stirrings of something happening. See, the dawn doesn't come swiftly. It comes slowly, incrementally. So, therefore, our outlook changes incrementally. This must mean, I'll give you an example. I used to be, and I think I've told many of you all this before, publicly and privately. I used to be the most critical negative Nancy. Okay, maybe I need to think of negative Neil. Praise God. 
I need some negative Neil. I was, I was that guy. I was critical. I was, I was always tearing people down. Now, what's crazy is I was a believer. You tell me to look at something, I'm like, look at that snow. Y'all could be like, it's a great day. I'm like, look at that snow. You can be like, oh, look at that, so pretty. Look at that dirty window. I snatched the joy right out your atmosphere. Out your <laughs> Sarah, like, he was. She wake up singing. I'm like, what you so happy about? Some singing all in my face. But the Lord worked on me. And you know what? It wasn't a radical transformation. There wasn't this faith-filled optimism. No, 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 no. I made a commitment to allow the word of God to transform my mind. I decided to stop conforming to the world and its patterns, and I stopped conforming to the things that I was taught. I was tired of reading something in the Bible and not experiencing it. I'm going to help somebody right now. Because you read things in the Bible and then you don't experience them. That is not the will of God. If it's in the book, it's yours. I want you to know that you can have it and you can have it now. You got to exercise your faith. Stop conforming to the expectations of others. Your own expectations, your past, your habits, your hurts, your failures. And renew your mind with the word of God. Be transformed. Become a living sacrifice. Kill your flesh and that stinking thinking and say by faith. One foot in front of the other. By faith, victory. By faith, I'm overcoming this addiction. By faith, we'll be free financially. By faith, my family will love you and serve you. By faith, my marriage will thrive. By faith, my body will be healed. By faith, depression will be gone. By faith, I'm coming into the house of God to lift my hands, open up my mouth, and give him glory. Each step, little by little. Come on and give God praise. Somebody's getting their victory. Somebody's getting their joy. Somebody's putting the devil in their place to let the devil know you can't go. You can't take the fight out of me because I serve a God who is greater and able. I'm not giving up. I'm picking them up and putting them down for his glory. Little by little. Little things have the power to change you. See, when the lepers saw Jesus, they cried out, have mercy on us. His response was a little. See, people think, oh, there's no way I can live for Jesus because he has so much. My life will be over. Oh, my God, how do you live with all those rules? L let me just help you out. Talking about rules, talking about relationship. And yeah, there's some rules there, but those rules keep you. And can I'm telling you, I'm gonna stay in the church. Because when I think of the heartache and the destruction and the confusion and the 
the stuff that's happening outside, I'm not talking about a building outside of the body of Christ. This lets me know this world is not my home. I've got something I'm looking forward to. But we often think, oh my God, I could never do that. I could never live for the Lord. See, that's a lie the enemy wants you to think. When the Lord just wants you to take one step. I hope I'm helping somebody. He said, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Didn't say run around, go tell everybody. Just said, take one step. Take another step. And as they did the little, they began to see that God, can you imagine? Now, see, this is what I want you to understand. The little, don't, don't buy into the lie of the enemy that you'll never be free. Don't buy into the lie of the enemy that it'll always be this way. You know what? I can remember. So I'm, I'm going to help somebody right now. This is how I know. This is why I encourage it. Extraordinary Church is a celebratory church. We're going to worship. We're going to run. We're going to dance. Why? Because we've been filled with his spirit. We've tasted of his goodness. And let me just say this. Don't knock it until you try it. Praise God. Once you taste and see that the Lord is good. But, so, you know what? We worship. And in the beginning, when we came here, by the way, next Sunday will be our fourth anniversary. When I first got here, I had to preach to myself. Not literally, but like, like I had to be like, man, that's good preaching. Praise God. I'm patting myself on the back. Elvis was with me. Thank you, Jesus. No, so I'm like, that's good preaching, Pastor Akil. Encourage myself. I'm being funny, but well, actually, I think I might have said it a couple times. <laughs> so, praise God. But it was with a little humor. Praise God. So, you know what? But I said, God, we're going to be a celebratory church. We're going to be a worshiping church. We're going to be a generous church. We're going to be a giving. We're going to be just a loving church. Praise God, we're not going to be critical. We're not going to look at people. You can't, you can't come in here messed up enough and throw us off. You can't come in here broken enough, confused enough. You can't come in here looking any kind of way and think that's going to bother us. Come in here just the way you are and let us put our arms around you and love you and encourage you and speak life over you, telling you God has a plan and purpose for your life. Why? Because I was such a some who have not had no purpose, but the goodness of God reached out and picked me up. Takes time takes time but don't give up don't give in I said we're going to be a celebratory church so you know what we're going to keep praising going to keep celebrating going to keep worshiping going to keep running and now we got a few people who will come up here and worship but you know what in a couple of weeks we'll have more and soon it'll be going on from the front to the back soon it'll be side to side soon people will come up when they pull onto the drive driveway they'll come out the car I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. They'll be dancing with no music. They'll be dancing as they greet people. They'll be encouraging people. Why? The little by little, we're going to give him praise. In the good times, in the bad times, in the hard times, we'll give him the glory. 
Come on and give him praise. The little things have the power to change you. They had no promise, Jackie, that they were going to be healed. But it required faith. See, the Bible says that only a priest had a power or had the power to declare a person healed of leprosy. With that little message from Jesus, that little extraordinary word, they begin to walk. All he said was, go, show yourself to the priest. <laughs> and to have a change of outlook, we need to be on the lookout for extraordinary things. This is a perfect window. Oh, I feel like the Holy Ghost is even revealing this to me. This is a perfect window that God uses the unusual suspects. The Samaritans, or the Samarians, they were a half-breed. And the Jews looked down on them. And in this instance, and in so many other instances, God uses the people that have been overlooked and maligned and ostracized. Watch this. The, the woman at the well from Samaria, she trudged to the well at noontime. It was, she was confined to her feet. She didn't want to look anybody in the face. Can you imagine? She was haunted by her long past and how it reached into many broken homes in Samaria. She looked at no one and she carried her vessel to the well in the middle of the day just so she could avoid people. But that day, a shadow crossed her life. It was a man who told his disciples, I have need to go through Samaria. Praise God. Then he, dis then he told those disciples, go to the market so that he could meet this lady. The Samaritans to this day do not condone divorce. Yet here was a woman who had five husbands and was now living with someone who wasn't her husband. She knew that Jesus was a teacher. Her clothing betrayed that and gave that away. She saw the white robe, the, the blue tassels. She knew that he was more than a teacher. He had revealed her past. So she called him a prophet. She dredged up the old religious debate between the Jews and the Samaritans to sidetrack him. You can read it in John chapter 4. And so what, what she says is, well, where, where do we worship? Do we worship in Zion or here in Gerissim? But he ignored all that. Finally. She, uh, she says, well, when the Messiah comes, he will tell us all things. And astoundingly, Jesus admitted to this woman what he refused to say to his own people. I am he. I'm telling you right now, you might think, why in the world has God picked us to help change this world? I can't tell you, but he's sovereign. He's picked a bunch of misfits and rejects and people that have been overlooked. But I'm telling you, God has chosen you for such a time as this. You need to get ready and understand he has need to come to you. He has need to come to your family. He has need for your children. He has need for your purpose. The hand of God is calling you reaching for you so look here's what she does I love it show them John 4 28 through 30 the woman then left her water pot <laughs> 
Now, here she is, because they were talking about water in the heat of the day. Like, you know what? When I preached today, I was like, one bottle ain't going to do. Praise God. I said, so I, I said, she, she had this mechanism, I'm sure, that carried a pot probably too, just for balance and equal distribution. And after she, 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 she says, you know what? Jesus, like, give me something to drink. And she's like, uh, you know, you're going back and forth. And he's like, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for something to drink. And she's like, well, wait a second. This living water, that sounds so good. She's like, yeah, tell me, tell me where I can get it. And so she, she all of a sudden has this interaction with Jesus that changes her outlook. This is, I want you to just let this sink in, in her shameful moment, in her darkest time, doing something that is oppressive, reminding her of how she's been isolated and ostracized by the community. She's going to get water. She interacts with Jesus and realizes he's the Messiah, and she forgets all about The very things that were weighing her down. She forgot all about it, left her water pot there. And watch what she does. Watch this. Went her way into the city and said to the men. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be? the Christ. Then they went out of the city and came to him. Isn't it interesting? You know what? She didn't go to the women. But she went to the men. Some that had ruined her, oppressed her. The ones who had inflicted harm on her life. The ones that had discarded her and told her she had no value, no purpose. She went back to that demographic and said, come see a man. Come see a man that I met who told me all that I know. He is the Christ. She was so changed. She was so transformed. They had to have this experience themselves. Can I tell you, if you want your outlook to change, look out. Stop looking in. If you want to reach higher, reach out. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about those that are not in this building right now. Oh, Jesus. What's amazing, babe? She ignored the hostility. Can you imagine her coming to those men? She ignored all the closed doors. She went to the open door. Said, come, 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 come. What was she doing? Step by step, she's being stretched. You know what I believe? I believe as she was walking toward the city, her confidence was growing. She was beginning to understand, I am not those things that happened to me 
those relationships do not define me. I have just met a man who has given me something to drink that I have never tasted in my life. It has quenched the thirst of having affirmation from others. I've come to let these men see that I have a God who has delivered me and given me hope. And I'm ready to look them in the eye and say, come see a man who told me everything about me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. He is the Messiah. Praise God. Come on up here, baby girl. Both of y'all probably like, who, me? Yeah, both, both of y'all come on up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Out of the comfort zone. And she had to do something about it. See, when you're being stretched, this is the year of the stretch at EC. Happens little by little. You know, I can't remember. I'll tell y'all an embarrassing story, right? So I was preaching in Arkansas and had a suit. And they were uh, preaching a conference, and they were throwing out, like, giveaways, right? Matter of fact, the whole band can come. Everybody can just come up. They're, uh, they're throwing out giveaways and all this fun stuff. And I was like, well, man, I'm going to get into that. So I'm going to get in on that. So, you know, I wasn't as flexible. So, you know, when you, now when you stretch, you know, you just be like this. No problem. I can do that now. But then what I was like, I was like this. Ah, uh, and when I when I hit that, I was like, my pants, and I was like, uh, can I tell you how I was like this? <laughs> I, at that point, I should have picked up every toy and giveaway. Everybody take it. So I get up slowly, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "My pants just split." So then they like form a wall. I was like, so I could walk out of there and change. But I've said, stretch now. Now I'm like, I had to stretch before I preach, praise God. But you know, it's, it's the little. When I begin to run and work out, which I need to get back doing, it took me time. How many of you all have you done some stretches? Even if you just do kind of just some, just even some lunges with no weight. You're like, oh, you do that a couple times? Then they've got something that, you know, when I was working out, they called, I bought them. And guess what? I almost brought them. They're still in the box. You know what they are? They're from the devil. They're called resistance bands. And I've seen people like get that resistance and they can't even walk out the gym. And I'm like, yeah, that's the devil. But you know what? That's what happens. God is stretching you little by little. The Holy Ghost is here today to stretch us out of our comfort zone. The woman who met Jesus at the well said, I've got to, i got to tell somebody. Reminds me of that song Mickey used to sing, Mickey Mangan. Stop, wait a minute. Got to tell somebody what the Lord has done for me. Think about the good Samaritan. A priest had a lot of knowledge, passed him up. A Levite, lots of practical skill, passed him up. The Samaritan had little compassion. 
getting our hands dirty. Can I just tell you, Extraordinary Church, I know we believe in extraordinary generosity, and we give, and we brought missionaries up here, and we've given to organizations, but now that things are opening up, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take off our clothes. We're going to get our hands dirty in the community because we can serve and make a difference. We're getting our hands dirty. It's laying aside the fancy dress and the cute little suit. And I ain't mad about any of those things, but it's learning to serve and make a difference little by little. Why? It's called compassion. It's what God has given us this city. We have to make a difference in our world. I don't even have time to preach this thing, but you know what? Those lepers. I could talk about the four who were outside the city gate in Samaria. And you know what they said? Hey, we'll either stay here and die or we can go and maybe they'll feed us. Maybe the enemy will feed us. And here's what they decided. Here's the power of a little unity. When they begin to walk, the four of them, the Bible says that the army that was there at the fort thought a major army was coming. So much so that they ran up out of, left everything. How much more with the people of God here at Extraordinary Church unified to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. How much more when we're united to love, to serve, to give, to watch God do something great in this city. Will God do it? Praise God. I'd like us all to stand. You might be thinking, okay, I get it, Pastor Akil. What's the deal? Let me tell you how your change starts. Your change starts with one little letter. That little letter is I. If you can lose the letter I, you'll save your life and you'll save others. Of those 10 lepers, one just said, wait a minute. How can I be healed and not go back and say thanks? He turned away from what he wanted to do and went back to Jesus and gave God glory. By turning himself, his own ego, his own selflessness, his own desires, by turning away from that to worship God, he found not only his healing, but his salvation as well. And you might be thinking, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved. I want to help you. You're not here by circumstance. You're not here by happenstance. You're here because the goodness of God is calling you. And all you have to do is take one step. And as you take that step, the grace of God, the mercy of God is going to meet you. And that step for you today might be the very first step. It's called repentance. Repentance is something we all have to do. And we do it often. I do it daily. I want to encourage you by faith. Take that step today. Come to this altar and pray. And as you begin to in prayer, 
in faith, ask God to forgive you. He'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And as you begin to worship him, at one point, it might not happen today. It might happen tomorrow. It might happen the moment you come up. God's going to fill you with his spirit, and it'll be evidence as you are speaking in another language as his spirit gives you the ability to speak. For others, you might be thinking, well, I've received the spirit, but I feel like something's on me. You know what you need to do? You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And when you take on the name of Jesus Christ, everything that you will have ever done will be gone. Am I telling the truth, Jacqueline? Am I telling the truth, Santi? Am I telling the truth, Damien? Am I telling the truth, Andy? I know I've been there. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want to tell you, don't wait tomorrow. Make the decision today. And then there's some of you right now who are like, you know what? I'm going to help you. You're like, oh, pastor, I read this in the Bible, but I'm not experiencing it. I want to encourage you to take a step forward in faith and say, God, I'm done with the ordinary. I'm ready to take a step into the extraordinary. And little by little, God's going to begin to deal with you. God's going to begin to prompt you. God's going to begin to speak to you. And as you continue to obey, you're going to look back a week from now, a month from now, two years from now, and you're going to be like, I didn't know in my obedience that I would have been given birth to a book. I didn't know in my obedience I would have given birth to a ministry. I didn't know in my obedience I would have given birth to responding to the call to be a pastor of one of the church plants of Extraordinary Church. I didn't know in my obedience, little by little, that I'd be teaching e-kids or serving on the prayer team or praying people through or just encouraging and serving in the community, little by little. So here's what I'd like us to do. All those watching online, we love you, EC fam and friends. Thank you for watching. Watch all the time. Come in person when you can. If you can come here next Sunday, come and do it. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.